I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me as always are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi guys. Hello, Chris. Christopher Turner. So good to see you again, my friend. So good to see you. I thought that we would talk about, well, let me put it like this. A wise man once said that there is no Christianity 102 because no one has gotten Christianity 101 right yet, and we need to constantly (laughs) revisit it. And so in that vein, I thought we could revisit uh, the impact of trauma on the brain Mm. and also tie that into the trauma we have all experienced uh, thanks to COVID and how that might be affecting our kids. That, that, that is, is great because I think a lot of times adults want to focus on the children and, and it sounds noble. It does. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on my child's healing. I'm all about the kids. And so, you know, the courses that Kayla and I have, have developed, um, you know, um, the one of them is called Build that we're t- teaching live on the internet right now. Uh, one of the first things we have the participants do is take the ACEs quiz. And then once we start talking about your childhood, we then make them take an attachment quiz. Because we've come mm-hmm. to understand that if you don't look at how trauma has impacted you, um, then, then, and don't process that and make sense of it, then it's really going to hinder your ability to, um, to live in good relationship with your children. And one of the other things that we tend to do is we tend to think that trauma only impacts people under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Once, once, you're, once, you're, you know, once you're 45, um, I mean, you've seen a thing or two and there's nothing that can impact you, but that's just simply not true whatsoever. And so I think it's a great idea to kind of think about how trauma impacts you uh, and then certainly how trauma um, how this this trauma, this global trauma that we've all been living with the last six months, because it's not just the trauma of, of you know the way the way the world has changed. I mean, there's mass unemployment, you know, here in the United States, over two hundred thousand deaths according to the statistics. I mean, people have lost loved ones, people have lost jobs, people have lost their homes. So there's a lot of traumatic things that are tied to twenty twenty, not just the fear of getting COVID. Uh, and, and, you know, when we, th- and, and so when things like this happen, I love to think about them and talk about them with people, because if you don't think that fear drives your child's behavior, fear that's based on their lived experience, by the way, then please consider how you have acted differently since about March the 11th of 2020. Yeah, I think, I think all of this has helped us with that compassion you know, and just compassion for our kids, because there is a lot of fear that's that's surrounding all of us. You know, uh, one of our our oldest was taking a couple of the younger kids to he was going to take them to the park today. And he said he got to the park and he realized that there were some moms there, but they were all wearing masks and all their kids were wearing masks and he hadn't brought any masks for any of our kids and he was like i was afraid they were all going to get mad at me if i brought kids to the park that didn't have masks on so they like left and didn't go to the park you know i mean it totally changed 
his plan. The whole plan was to get the kids out of the house and run around. But he was like, I didn't, I didn't want those moms to be upset that I brought kids there, you know? And I just thought it's little things like that, even that kind of help remind me about how just a tiny bit of fear, like he was afraid of the moms, not being happy with him taking kids without masks to the park. Mm -hmm. And it totally changed his plan for the afternoon. And it totally changed what they were doing. And I thought we, that happens to us all the time, right? We have this fear of something, fear of the unknown, fear of um, getting COVID, fear of somebody getting sick or um, fear of just living in this, this way where we don't get to be around other people. Right. And what the implications well, of that are. And fear of even. the unknown, right? Like, like nobody mm -hmm. can tell me when we go back to the way the world was October 2019. Right. right. There's nobody who's willing now to say, yeah, things are going to go back to the way they were a year ago on this date. And I think that's what's been really damaging to our collective psyche is we love answers. We want them now everything's on demand. I don't watch a single thing live except for sporting events anymore. There's not a television show I watch live. I will watch it when I want it, how nope. I want it, uh, 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 like, you know, on the TV, on my iPad, whatever. And now my whole on-demand psyche has been rocked by the fact that I can't demand an end to this. I can't demand anything. So that's hard. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing that it makes me think of, Kayla, is how, is how, uh, fear doesn't care about facts, right? right? Think about my, my example I love to give when we speak to people is that uh, almost 40% of Americans say that they are, oh, look at Kayla drinking out of a One Big Happy Home branded. Do you like and Chris that? has got a Power Parent podcast branded uh, cup. And I'm, I mean, are we afraid that people won't remember who we are? No, uh, for real. But, uh, what I was going to say. I think we need to give away some the, of the swag the, at my, some point. I will say that our old sticker that we, we test ran on this, I, the P has come off a podcast. So it's the Empowered Parent Oddcast right <laughs> that now. That feels oddly appropriate. Also, I was going to say that's an oddly appropriate. description. So if anyone, yeah, it works either way. If anyone listened to the first six and a half minutes of the 100th episode, <laughs> they'll agree. Uh, <laughs> parent oddcast so, for real uh, maybe we should start selling those it's like shirts that say the parent oddcast on them and we could we could be no. trendsetters um be trendsetters. Here, here's what i mean by that about 40 percent of americans on one study said they were afraid of flying nobody hardly anybody ever reports that they're afraid of driving even though statistically you're safer on the airplane than you are in your car on the way to the airport but that fact doesn't matter to 40% of people in the general population. Their feelings and their fears determine how they act. And, and I think what, what sometimes is frustrating with, with parents is that they're okay with their fears driving their actions, but they really want to like have this, I'm going to crush the rebellion attitude towards their kids' fear driving their actions. And I hope one of the lessons of 2020 is that, is that, hey, we all let that fear drive our actions. So let's have a little bit more grace for each other. Let's have, now we can have empathy because I don't have to imagine what it's like to walk in the shoes of somebody whose actions are driven by fear. I actually did it. Here's my example. Yeah. MIT released a study about a month ago on about like when you need to, when you need to wear masks and all that kind of, you know, and, 
and they did a whole bunch of tests. If you're outside and you are uh, like the safest environment is to be outside around strangers, right? According to the MIT research. Now, I think we can all get on board with MIT research, right? They have a long history of providing the facts and only the facts, right? But that doesn't matter to a single mom or child or my son this afternoon when it came to the park. The only thing that mattered was their fear of their children being around somebody they didn't know and his fear mm-hmm. of how they were going to react to him. That's exactly right. Christopher, you're awfully well, t- quiet. <laughs> I have nothing to add at this time. Well, this isn't a deposition, Chris. <laughs> This is what happens when you're married to a lawyer for like 28 years. How long you guys been married? Hey, you know what? Uh, 92 to now, so yeah, 28, 20, that's Now, the reason years, I know that, Chris, you. is because you recently celebrated your 28th wedding anniversary, and I recall <laughs> me wishing you and the lovely Mrs. Turner happy 28th. Oh, Very nice. Thank you. I mean, Chris got married, and I was like a baby. It's crazy. <laughs> Boy, she never misses an opportunity to remind you that you're older than she is. She never does, does she? You should should try to be married to her on on your birthday. Oh, my gosh. It's a constant whack upside the head with age jokes. This year, I'm like, look, man, I'm hoppling around. I've got like a vacuum attached to my foot. I need the year off. Yeah, he's like, please, can I get the year off on the old jokes? I kind of already feel like that, but I mean. Hey, that's okay. I I give my wife grief that she's six months older than I am, you know. Yes. She, she's already more she's already a half a century me, old. So. I still have a couple months to does, go. Does does Kelly does Kelly <laughs> when you tell her that she's six months old, does she go? I object. No, she does not. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a courtroom at lawyer. No, I was, oh I was my Reese Witherspoon impersonation from Legally Blonde. <laughs> I object. Oh my gracious me! Just FYI, we watched that with our teenagers, and I was like. There's a little more racy stuff in there than I uh, cared to watch with my teenagers. But Kelly yeah. discusses a fear of watching movies with her teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember thinking it was did such that, a funny movie. Did that impact you emotionally? Was it a traumatic event for you, Kayla? No, I've okay. gotten over it. It is weird, though. Right. It is yeah. weird to watch movies with your kids, or there's a movie mm. they say they want to watch. You're like, you know, I haven't seen that in a while. Let me, uh, let me watch that. Back to, Back to the future. Yeah. A few yeah. good men. It it sounds like a great movie to let your kids watch. Back to the Future, but no, uh, no. Goonies was is another one yes. that really got to me. Was yeah. like I yeah. love the Goonies, and I really wanted my kids to watch it. And then I watched it like without them again, and I was and like, like, oh no, oh they, no, it's just they kidding. Can't watch that yet. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, no. I like like I watched a few good men with the eyes of like my teenager sitting next to me. When they're that scene, that, when that scene yeah. when they're down in Cuba and meet Nathan Jessup for breakfast the first time, I'm like, we probably have to mute like parts of that. <laughs> and then I realized that my mother yeah. let me watch it when I was younger than he is. <laughs> I know. But back to how fear oh drives goodness. behavior. But we digress <laughs> for sure. Well, I mean, but think, but think about about the impacts of fear, right? Fear. Uh, when you're when you're living in a constant state of fear or or a heightened awareness, you're more stressed. You can't learn new things. Um, yeah. You know, you you don't really care about like personal boundaries and hygiene. Uh, 
but it also the, one of the impacts of trauma is it compromises your ability to live in relationships. And and and, and the three of us mm-hmm. were talking about this earlier tonight. How how uh, you know I had this realization today that I'm a tactile person, right? People who know me. Um, know that like mm-hmm. I hug, I stand and like like put my arms around people when I talk to them. Like I hold people's hands when I talk to them. Like I'm a really tactile person, and he doesn't do that with me. Just FYI, yeah. we were, he we was actually telling hands. a story the other day, and he told two stories in the same. Like we were teaching a class, and he told two stories about holding a woman's hand that was not mine, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Really, my Who husband likes to hold women's hand." And realized, well, you okay, let, go ahead. now, now <laughs> we should perhaps pr- provide a little context. Uh, it, <laughs> they were in the context. Of yeah, they were in the context. Of fear. Yeah. So I, mean, I was flying to Seattle, and the takeoff for anybody that's ever flown out of one of Dallas's two major airports, you know that it's typically pretty bumpy, except for like in the you know in january for two weeks climbing out of dfw is kind of bumpy <laughs> and uh and so we took off and and this woman like she looked really afraid and she was like holding the seat back in front of her and i could see her veins and 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 i said uh what what's your name and this is so this is because because i've now you know moved past my fear of flying and so now i want to help people who's struggling on the airplane right and and she said like what was it, melissa or something babe i don't remember her name and I, and I said, would it be okay if we held hands? And she said, yes. And then she grabbed my hand. And so I held her hand for like 10 minutes. I'm like, can I tell you a story? And I told her the story about how, uh, how I overcame my fear of flying. And by the time I was done, we'd, we'd cleared 10,000 feet. We were above the, the cloud cover. And it was pretty smooth until we got to Seattle and landed. Um, I didn't know her husband was sitting on the other side. He didn't say anything. He maybe he was just happy that like he didn't have to deal with it. But when I told, but when I, that's my favorite uh, part of the story. He's like, and then she introduced me to my to her husband who was sitting on the other and side. We talked, of her, and we like, talked like half the way to. I mean, we were over Colorado before we like took a break from talking to each other. Um, and then I tell that story, and Killer's like, "You were holding another woman's hand." I was like, "I was helping somebody who was struggling." The, the, oh. the fact that she was females minorly relevant, but not really. Uh, you wouldn't have done the same thing if it was a guy. You wouldn't have said, "Can I but hold that's, your that's hand?" That's true because because <laughs> typically um, being on an airplane out of Dallas Fort Worth, you're going to get a lot of like, "Are you crazy?" kind of reactions. I have, however, yeah. sat and spoken to a guy while we were landing in Dallas who was really, really tense mm-hmm. and holding his seat about how I used to be afraid of flying and, and how I'd overcome that. So except for the hand-holding thing, I do provide the service to both men and women. That sounded weird. <laughs> <laughs> it did sound a little weird. That, that story about, uh, you know, she introduced you to her husband who was sitting across the aisle. No, uh, she was in the know, middle. Midway through the flight. Yeah, midway through. The, oh, wait. Like it was, it was, oh, it was me, like, her, She him. was in the middle. That reminds me of the Seinfeld where George you know, says God bless you to, to the uh, the lady in the room when her husband was seated right next to her and he kind of ignored because her. Because husbands have the right to first refusal. <laughs> right, there you go. Husbands have the right to first refusal. Right. So funny. Oh so my funny. gracious me. But it is funny how fear changes the way you, re- you interact oh, with yeah. people. Right? Yeah. It changes the way... Um, and we don't like we can see it clear as day in ourselves if we really yeah. pay attention. 
But as soon as I ask a mom or a dad and I say, how much do you think fear is impacting? So one of the, like, one of the questions that we do, like on our intake for our build courses, we'll say on a scale of one, I think it's one to five, how much do you think fear plays a role in your child's behaviors with one being what do they have to be afraid of and five being very often, you know, and somewhere in between. And a lot of people put two or three, like they're just willfully defiant. It's, they don't have anything to be afraid of. I don't understand how, how does fear um, play a role? Because a lot of people I think are just, when they think of fear, they think scary movie. They don't think, yeah. Um, disappointing yeah, mom and dad. They don't heights. think they think roller coaster. Yeah, they think those things like I'm afraid of spiders. Well, mm. they don't have anything to be afraid of. They have a a nice bed. They mm. have a you know three meals a day. We give them snacks. We're nice to them. You know, we rarely scream at them or whatever. You know, like people think the best of their family and their situation is is good and so they're like what do they have to be afraid of but the reality is i mean we all have situations that we're in that cause us to be afraid and when i'm in a situation um maybe it's a situation where i'm gonna be um talking to somebody and it's something that's really important and i'm afraid i'm not gonna have the right words to say i am so zoned in i can't think of anything else like i Nothing else. I'm not paying attention to anything else because I'm only thinking about that conversation and how it's going to go. You know, I'm not afraid in the traditional like, oh, no, spiders jump up on the table. I'm scared of the spider. But I am afraid of how that's going to go and that I might say the wrong thing or whatever. And so but our kids live in that state a lot of times. I mean, they often stay in that state. And we wonder why they can't focus on their schoolwork. Well, they're so worried about whether or not the teacher's going to call on them in class. They can't bother. You I mean it's not that they can't bother? That's the wrong word. It's like they they they're their brain to can't bother. be bothered. Right? Yeah, their their brain can't be bothered to pay attention to the school and learning something because they're sitting there. Literally, I'm thinking of one of our kids who in a classroom situation literally sits there so afraid that he's going to be called on to come to the front of the classroom that he can't focus on learning. Now he's gotten better over the years um, as he has become more comfortable in a classroom setting, as he has become more confident in his own abilities and those things. But for a really long time, I was just like, I would watch him and I would be like, what is going on? And the reality was he was he was stuck in that fear. He was so afraid he was going to be called on to go to the front of the classroom or he was going to be called on to read something or he's going to be called on to answer a question. And he didn't want that. And so he was stuck in that fear and unable to learn. And I think we overlook that so many times. We overlook that in a classroom situation. We overlook that at home. Um, when our kids, when we're trying to teach them something, like we're trying to teach them a new routine or we're trying to teach them, you know, how to clean their room or do whatever, and their brain is still in survival mode. They're still in that downstairs, oh my gosh, what if I don't get it right? What if I don't 
Um, what if I answer the question wrong? What if I disappoint mom? What if I, what if I, what if I, and their brain's thinking through all of those things and they're unable to learn something new. So then it's like, you know, groundhog day, the next day you try and teach them the same thing and over and over and over again, but your brain can't learn when it's in survival mode. Yeah. I and mean, that's just a, that's just part of it. Yeah. You know, it's just part of the way trauma impacts the brain and, so it's it's interesting in in this world that we're living in, just seeing how adults are acting out of fear mm. and then hopeful that adults are going to then begin going, wow, see how I, I responded or I reacted out of fear in that situation? That's and apply it to your kids, you know, and, well, I mean, and do the I, same thing. You know, we know that the antidote for fear is not bravery, but it's presence. And so if you're an mm-hmm. adult listening to this and, you, um, and you're and you just really struggling here uh, in 2020 for any of the myriad of reasons that the, that's making 2020 hard, um, call a friend, um, you mm-hmm. know, c- call, call a sibling or a parent um, and just talk. And, and, and knowing that you're, you're in this together, right, mm-hmm. is so powerful. There's, there's nothing magical about me personally or the words that come out of my mouth but the thing that made that lady feel like she could handle the plane ride was because we were holding hands and all of a sudden she felt like she wasn't having to endure it by herself she we Mm -hmm. were in it together and i learned that lesson because when i was afraid of flying and kelly and i would fly together what would i always do the moment that nose went in the air kk try and break my hand i mean i'm I'm just trying to make a really good point here no, I'm kidding. Yes. I remember one time uh, coming out of Nashville, another place that it's bumpy to fly out of. Uh, mm. Do you like how I've got U.S. cities by how bumpy the, the climate is, Chris? Um, <laughs> I can't even remember what airport. No, I remember this like, one. But because, he's like, he knows exactly the takeoff. Because you were trying to read. How bumpy they are. You were trying are. to read. And my hands were sweaty <laughs> because it was really, really bumpy climbing out that day. And I grabbed it and she just went, you're going to break my fingers. <laughs> just like that <laughs> but but i mean what what value is is holding kayla's hand if there's actually trouble with the aircraft and it crashes zero all it means is we'll die holding hands right and that's all it's going to mean but my my ability but, but, yeah, but, but my ability to to not mm-hmm. not just regulate because i'm sitting there doing deep breathing and but my ability to cope with that situation was because I felt like we were, we were enduring it together. And I think that's, yeah. that's what we really have to remember is, is, is we, need to, we need to, in this, this era where we don't go visit friends and we don't go out for dinner together and any of our conversation is, is done like this, because we have friends who, who will come over to the house. Uh, we have some friends who will meet us some places and then we have some friends that are like uh see you in march 2021 pal um you know and everything in between uh but even in the midst of all of those realities we have to find a way to stay connected because our ability mm-hmm. to do, to to endure amazingly difficult things is really connected to to being connected to people right god says this in the bible do not be afraid for i the lord your god am with you doesn't say don't be afraid because you're brave don't be afraid because you're strong he says no don't be afraid because i'm with you 
And that has to be the message from us to our children. But that's really hard for us to send that message to our children if we ourselves are afraid. And I get it. There's a lot to be afraid of. 2020 has been an absolute walloping upside the head at our house, right? I mean, June through September, we had four surgeries between me and Kayla, right? And so uh, we literally, I... (laughs) I said to Kayla last week, I've spent more nights in a hospital than I have in hotel rooms this year. And that's right? weird. I mean, that's weird. That's very Kayla weird. and I, with, with having to sleep on the couch because of surgeries and all kinds of stuff, Kayla and I have slept apart more nights in 2020 than we had in any other year in our marriage. And that's just, I mean, all that's just crazy to me. But I think what we have to remember yeah. is that even in the midst of the strange and the hard and even the tragic, we still need each other. And as we climb out of this thing in the future, hopefully soon in the future, we need to go back to holding strangers' hands on airplanes um, and stuff like that. Because I was thinking to myself today, like I haven't like hugged anybody that's not like a member of my household in six months. Like, like, like it's, I think it's oh, going to be think... weird interacting with other people. Like, give me a hug. I'm like, I don't know. I don't like, like hug people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking that the other day we had, um, from the kids, our kids, um, the co-op that our kids go to, I had a mom that reached out to me and she said, Hey, you know, our kids are in class together. Do you want to meet up at the park together? And I thought, Oh yeah. And I've, I'd never met this mom before. Um, and so we met at the park with our kids and I got there and normally I would shake her hand or give her a hug or something like that. And I remember walking up and kind of having this feeling of what's the protocol greet here? somebody anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I like, because I know, you know, like I took, I took uh, dinner to a family that just had a baby recently. And I remember I was like, I got in the car and I was like, I guess I should grab a mask. I wonder if they, I'm sure they want me to wear a mask. And then I'm thinking they're just going to take the food from me at the door, but then they're like, come in. So good to see you. And I'm thinking, I really want to hold that baby, but COVID (laughs) I shouldn't, I shouldn't hold. I mean, like everything is just different. You know, it's like, I'm so afraid that someone is going to be like, Oh, don't, no, don't, don't touch my baby. You know, you might have COVID or don't, come in my house or you need a mask around me. And I don't know how people are going to be, re- are going to respond. Cause like Ryan said, we have friends that are on every end of the spectrum. We're somewhere in the middle, you know, and we're, we're kind of, what was it? We told our kids at the very beginning of all this, we're like, we're going to live by faith, not by fear, but we're not going to be foolish. So we're going to, we're going to use precautions. We're going to, you know, when we're around people that, prefer us to wear a mask, we're going to wear a mask. You know, if, if that makes someone else feel safe, I, I am a big proponent of, of helping people feel safe, but it's just interesting though, because all those relationships and all of those interactions that we, that were so normal are now no longer normal. Like you have to rethink every interaction. Like, can I hug you? And I hate the phrase new normal. I just want to go on record. Yeah, I don't want I don't want yeah. any of this to be normal. I don't want it to be normal. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I just sit on Turner's deck. I don't and argue about dumb things while drinking wine with Kelly. <laughs> we could still yeah, do that. I That's I outside. Don't want it to be. <laughs> That's outside. Yeah, yeah. We're no, totally we'll see, we'll see on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but I do, I don't want it. I don't want it to be yeah. a new normal to live in this state of fear. But unfortunately for our kids, that's kind of their. Normal, oh my gosh! Look at the right? bow, Mrs. North Tide. Living on that thing. in. <laughs> wow. Arrest. I, but I don't. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be my normal. But it is what our. It's our normal for our kids. That was masterfully done, Kayla. And it's what they're. Well, thank you. Wow, that was so good, babe. It's what they're living in, and I feel like. I hope I have a lot more compassion coming out of yeah. this. Whenever we get back to some semblance of normal, I have compassion for my kids. Check one big happy. That's check out one big happy home social channels for a meme with Kayla North's face next to it. <laughs> sometime that says i sure hope this isn't the new normal but sadly for our kids this is their normal oh my gosh kelly the only way that could have been more impactful is if you said i wish i was preaching to somebody tonight well let's see that would steal your thunder that's your phrase i don't i, I don't request testifying right. and amens all right well if we're gonna do that i have to say that i completely stole that 100 percent from the great dr conway edwards <laughs> okay oh my well goodness done, yeah well i was just going to remind everyone that uh, they can get more great insights like this via our monthly q a's that we do for our patreon subscribers yes those are yes. lots of fun so head on over to patreon.com slash empowered parent you can see the different tiers that we have set up uh it, just for as little as five dollars a month you could help support the podcast uh, keeps us uh, getting new gear when the stuff we have wears out. Uh, we do have hosting costs that are associated with keeping these audio files up and running. And so, yeah, that's just uh, something that our listeners can do to help support us. Appreciate you guys. Yes. I mean, that to all the listeners and Thank Kayla you. and Christopher. Appreciate you guys too. And even if you can't afford to be on our monthly Q&A, you can still send us questions. You can email them to us at info at onebighappyhome.com. You could try to squeeze them into 280 characters and tweet them to us at onebighappyhome. We're at that same handle on Instagram, too, where Kayla posts lots of pictures of uh, the North children, among other <laughs> items. You can message us there as well. Uh, if you subscribe to our podcast or would like to, you can rather you can do it in iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Spotify. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we would appreciate a review in any of these locations. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening.